everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hate Read. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Every fortnight here on Hate Read, one of us challenges the other to read a book that we think they'll hate, and then we talk about it. This fortnight, I challenged Anna to read A Dog's Purpose by W. Bruce Cameron. So first things first, Anna, did you finish the book? I did, and I had such mixed feelings about this one. Yes, I was I am so confused because there was a lot about this book that I hated, like the the tone of the narrator and some of the, like the situations that the character goes through, but then there were parts of it that I really enjoyed and wanted a lot more of. See, I so, loved almost everything about this book. Did you really? I really did. I really liked it. It's, how would you rate it on Goodreads? Um, out of five stars. Off of, I mean, how would you rate it on Goody Reds? Right, right. Um, I don't actually use Goodreads, so I'm not mm. sure what their star system is. It's just one through five, no half stars. Right, but it's like five means love it, four means like it, three means something, and it's five is amazing, four is really liked it, three's liked it, two is okay, and one is did not. Then I'd give it a three. It was a little bit skewed towards liking this book. I also rated it a three star. Yeah, I I really liked reading it, but it's not mm-hmm. a book that, um, like, it's one of those books where while I was in it, I was like, oh, I really, really like this, I'm enjoying this, but then afterwards I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. So, like, I'd definitely mm-hmm. read more books by him, but it wouldn't be a book that I'd reread a lot, you know? So, would you be interested in picking up the sequel, getting a little ahead of yes, ourselves here? I think so. I would... Even though it's more of the same? Yes. Hmm. It does have a, a beagle on the cover, which makes me predisposed to it. I guess we should probably talk about what happens in this book, if yes. people don't know. Yes. What is this called? A Dog's Purpose. <laughs> I forgot the title of the book already. <laughs> Um, tells the story of a dog who keeps being reincarnated as different dogs as it is trying to find out what its purpose is as a dog. Um, and each of its reincarnations helps it learn a new lesson to help it become a better dog in the next life. Which sounds super stupid. Like, <laughs> like me, me saying this aloud now, it's like, that's what a dumb book. But it, like, I don't know. It, it, it worked surprisingly well, for yes. as gimmicky as that sounds. And so I guess I guess we can break it up kind of by talking about each life. Yeah, that's kind of um, what I thought. Because a lot happens yeah. um, that is not necessarily related to the main story in each right. of these dogs' lives. And I think even... Um, if someone were interested, he has written each of the dogs' lives as separate stories, I think for younger readers. Yeah, I but think they're like He's broken them up. Yeah, like Toby's life he did not rewrite, but the other, the other three dogs he did. So the first dog, the first... Um, what is like what is like a singular reincarnation? Like this first... Oh, I think it's just a reincarnation. Because right? plural reincarnation is reincarnations. So Yeah. Okay. So the first well no, there's like a word I'm thinking of. The first um the first version of this dog is dog, named uh point oh. One point oh. Yeah. Dog one point oh um is a is born to a feral dog. Um, and he has a sister and two brothers. Um, and I thought 
based off this one, this first section, if all I had read was the story of this first dog, I would have hated this book with every fiber of my being. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it was horrendous. So, um, <laughs> this poor dog's life. So, born, born to a feral mother, this dog, it, the first part of the book kind of details how the dog learns how to fend for itself as as an animal that doesn't get fed regularly by humans and is taught how to kind of sneak around and avoid people for the most part and blah 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 until well so um the first thing I was like debating you have to get through the sentence I know I have to I have to have a first sentence um the I was debating keeping like a doggy death counter for this book. I did. Because I thought there was going to be a lot of them. But there wasn't as many as I thought. Yeah, because this one had a lot. This one was kind of heavy loaded. I kept an animal death Mm -hmm. counter. um, Okay. Because there was like, well, we'll get to it. There were other animals that died too. Yes. Oh my God. There's so many cats. (laughs) Um. But, so the first dog death is is the runt of the litter, whom the main character calls Hungry. Um, and basically, they died because they were hungry. They didn't get enough <laughs> food to eat. But No, there was something going on with that dog, though. Because it, like, it was like some disease from yeah, being garbage? Yeah, I think so. Because like, they said something about, oh, we knew that Hungry wasn't long for this world, even when he was first born and whatever. Mm. So, like, because he was getting fed all the time. So he had he was. some situation going on. Yeah, he was suckling at the teat quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> that dog dies, and I think, like, the same day Hungry dies, their mother and the three of them, the three other puppies, are caught by a um, woman named Senora and her two, I don't know, like, her two flunkies, her two friends, her two living boyfriends. I don't I know who they were, they were for her because they say... Um, Maybe sons. They work for her because they said... They're like, oh, no more dogs, please, senora. And then she's like, well, I pay you guys enough. It'll be fine. So, like, they're like her employees for this, like, dog sanctuary she wants to run but doesn't have proper permits for. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it was really a sanctuary so much as she just, like, felt bad for dogs and collected them when she found them in the wild. I think if it had been a different time period, it would have been, like, a dog sanctuary. But this was supposed Mm. to be at least... Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. This is, like, in the 50s or 60s. At least. Well, it's pre-60s because... Yeah, because... The next one is in the 60s. -hmm. So it's got to be at least 50s, but then there's the big time jump between number two and number three. So I think Mm -hmm. this is probably supposed to be even earlier than that. Yes. So, yeah, we really don't get a good sense of when most of the story takes place, except for a few hints in, like, Bailey's storyline. And then I think there was, like, some mentions of Y2K Mm -hmm. in... In Ellie's. Ellie's. Okay, that's who it was. Yeah. So, they get captured and taken away to this place that the narrator only calls The Yard. And he is renamed Toby. Um, And they... He and his brother... um, Fast. Oh, the girl. Yeah. Fast. Um, They kind of, you know, live their life in the yard as puppies are, I don't know, just living the good puppy life or what they think is a good puppy life. Because at this point, the main character doesn't really have a lot of (laughs) um, dog experience, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. It's just the thing with this whole book is like it's told from this very naive perspective of a dog. And so you're reading about some really horrendous situations, but like with this weird 
optimism mm-hmm. of and naivete of a, of a dog, which gave this whole book a weird tone. It kind of reminded me of, um, and this is going to be completely different. Obviously, this other book I mentioned, I'm not trying to compare the situation in this book to being a dog, but there's a book <laughs> oh, called... God. Um, when the Emperor Was Divine by Juliet Suko, which is about uh, the Japanese internment camps, and it starts off being told, it's told in four perspectives, and the, yes, I know, stop making that face. <laughs> Wait a second, let me get to it. Okay, 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 <laughs> The okay. first perspective is the mother, and then it goes to the younger daughter, and then the youngest son. So mm-hmm. it gets told in, so it's again, like by the time they're in the actual camp, it's this very naive perspective that doesn't really understand what's going on. So it's that okay. sort of thing yeah. where it's like a way to talk about stuff that's kind of horrific. In the case of when the emperor was divine, extremely horrific. In this case, like doggy level horrific without mm-hmm. it being like overwrought, I think, to the audience. Yeah, like it definitely, um, the way it was told definitely gave me some room to distance myself yeah. from the actual events, which I think was very helpful because, especially I would not in this have first blasted. section and in Ellie's section, like there was some shit in that well, one that and, I was like, I'm kind of glad we're too. we're getting this from a dog perspective and not having to get this from a human perspective because yeah, it would be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they live in this place called the yard and um, the mom, she's too feral. So she like somehow learns how to escape and she escapes and they never see mom again, whatever, boohoo. Um, but, <laughs> but Toby sees his mom escaping and is like, oh, I see how she did that. And I will remember that. File that away storyline. Story story to open a door. Yeah. So <laughs> Toby learns how to open a door. Chekhov's door opening. <laughs> and everything is going great in, in Toby's yard life until Senor brings home a huge, massive dog called Spike, who kind of upsets the natural order of the dog pack that Senora has collected. I don't know. I, I couldn't get a sense of how many dogs there were, but it seemed like 20 I was so going to say around 20, yeah. And Spike, because yeah. they have like enough that they have to split them up by age groups when they're feeding them. So, mm-hmm. And Spike was like a dog that was used in dog fighting. Like that's Spike yes. Steel. So Spike is understandably a mess. Um, yeah, and, and does like, not play I, nice with the other dogs. No, and I wanted to be like, okay, yes, animals sometimes do just need some love to change, but also like, don't put him with the other point, animals. Yeah, you don't just shove him in there right away. Right. Like, okay, here you go. So Spike like kind of fucks some shit up for the other animals. Like I think he. He and Toby get into some argument. Little puppy Toby tries to stand up to to Spike and gets his paw crushed and de- destroyed completely. And Toby get in a fight with him because he's trying to like, essentially he's trying to assault sister. Yes. And so they're trying to, yeah. who's who, by the way, got away in the first part, but then was captured later and is like a broken PTSD dog at this point. Like she yeah. like oh, yeah, can't function as a dog. Like... Yeah, she's basically left on her own with the few, like, tricks her mom taught her. So she's pretty much feral and hates being in this yard, but, like, can't do anything about it. So she's just, like, wandering Mm -hmm. about sadly all day. Like, that's... The most sad sad That's pretty pretty fun for everybody. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so Spike does this big fight and, and hurts Toby real bad to the point where, like, his paw will never be, like, it, it's basically destroyed, one of his legs. And then uh, some... Somehow, some for some someone reports them to the police for having oh, too many dogs. It's the the nurse at it's the vet. vet. Yeah. Mm, okay. Because she, she said she was like, "I'll give you, I'll tell you before I do it, but I'm definitely gonna do it when I right. say." So maybe she told them, but they didn't do anything. But I don't know. I think because um, because they brought Toby in and she was injured, so or he was injured, mm. so she was like, "Oh, these that dogs are getting out of hand. They're, They're hurting fair, each other. Yeah. It, this is no longer a good situation." Which is super fair. Like she should have done that. Yeah, a long for time sure. Ago. Um, I mean, this woman is an animal hoarder, like <laughs> a, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> like, and so they come, so the police come and they take away all the dogs, and they look at Spike and they're like, "You're too crazy. We have to put you down." And then they look at Toby and they're like, "Well, no one will ever adopt this puppy because his foot is completely destroyed. Let's put him down." And then there's like a couple other dogs, and and they and they gas them all in a giant room, and um, with Toby Spike, dies. so at least you know he gets his, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So at least Spike the dick dog <laughs> ruined everything right. in the yard. Got his just desserts at the end. And hopefully was never reincarnated. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Are the other dogs getting reincarnated? Because it's not like they talk to each other. So it's like, yeah. I mean, well, you know, like there's there's not that level of communication between oh, yeah, the dogs. Yeah, it's not like Animal Farm sort of. Right. Level so of- like, are, is there just one dog soul that's reincarnated into all of these dogs? <laughs> Toby is to all dogs. <laughs> uh, the rest of the time, the rest they're just empty vessels going through the motion. Yes. But there's one dog. <laughs> so Toby then wakes up again as a puppy, and I'm like already like <laughs> traumatized by this first <laughs> section. Like, what the fuck did I just read? <laughs> this puppy lived a shit life, died a shit death. Like, I'm so he had mad. no purpose. <laughs> no purpose whatsoever. <laughs> Only thing he learned how to do was open a door. So then he wakes up and is reborn as a golden retriever. We never find mm-hmm. out what the first dog is, really, because all we know is that Toby's like a small dog. I don't know, probably a mutt of some kind. To be yeah, honest, I thought he was some he's... sort of chihuahua because the first picture, because there's a little picture of a dog at the beginning of each chapter, and mm-hmm. that one was a chihuahua, so I just thought that meant something, but that maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I Yeah, definitely a yappy dog, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, second life, reborn as a golden retriever in a puppy mill. <laughs> right, yep. <laughs> so Which... Off to another great start. No. So I'm saying, like, absolutely hating this as I'm reading it. Like, okay, great. So let's just, like, make a bucket list of every terrible thing that could happen to a dog. <laughs> Feral. Um, fight pit dog. Puppy mill dog. What next? What could possibly be next? Well, let me tell you. Born in a puppy mill, the dog uses its knowledge of how to escape from the puppy mill or how to escape from the yard, to escape from the puppy mill, and does so, runs in the first person human he runs into. Oh my into god, I forgot about this part. I forgot about locks, this part. It was awful. Who locks this dog in his truck in the summer so for hours, and the dog almost dies of heat exhaustion. Oh my god, I totally blanked this part out of my memory of this book. <laughs> so... 
dog and I've died and terribly. I thought, I thought he was done at that point. I was like, well, that was too. a short life. That was easy. <laughs> that was short. Poor dog. Wow. What lesson did he learn from that? Don't get into sh- don't get into cars with strange men. I think that's a lesson we all need to take to heart, maybe. <laughs> but the whole time, like this this dog is so optimistic, like it's learned that humans are good. Humans aren't something he needs to hide from anymore. Because of Senora and her posse. Yeah, and then humans will save him. So he automatically, like, runs up to this man and loves him and is like, all right, sure, I'll wait in your car for you to come back for hours. Thankfully, a woman sees him in the car about to die. She breaks into the car and saves him and takes him home and adopts him into her family. I mean, like... Without even checking to make sure he didn't legitimately belong to anyone right, else, right. I'm assuming. Like, she's just like, oh, a dog. Well, she probably thought he belonged to the guy who owned the truck. And she was like, obviously, right. he's not a fit dog owner. This is true. Yes. I I hope she at least called the police, though. If that's something the police were worried about in the 60s, I, I don't know. I feel like they weren't. <laughs> but she takes him home, and she has a son Ethan, who becomes the main focus of the dog's life, who is now renamed Bailey, the Golden Retriever. Bailey and Ethan are the best of friends, and we are treated to... Having so much fun together. Yeah, it's like that. The movie ends very sadly. Kind of like this book does. Well, to some extent. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hate, I hated the way it ended, but. I had a lot of opinions about the end, but yeah. not like the end end, like the mid end. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get I guess there. we'll talk about it when we get there. But. So we're treated to like an idyllic look back at a boy in his dog's childhood in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Except they live near a future serial killer. <laughs> Which, again... Oh my god. He's like, okay, so his character is essentially Sid from Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Except but Sid and already Toy- moved on to animals. Right, and like Sid and Toy Story's like, okay, but he's messing with toys. There's no reason to believe that they actually have emotions, you know? So mm-hmm. Sid hashtag did no wrong. This guy is like insane. Like... <laughs> Yeah, so this little boy named Todd and his family move into the neighborhood where Ethan and Bailey are just having the best of times. They, um, you know, just run around and play from sundown to, no, sun up to sundown um, <laughs> with all the other pirates. kids and their dogs in the neighborhood. And then Todd comes and ruins everything by being a weird-ass kid. <laughs> he, like, from the second we're introduced to him, all he wants to do is, like, blow shit up and destroy <laughs> things and stomp on bugs and his older brother doesn't seem to be any better, but the younger sister's a little bit like, I want to distance myself from these people, which is good because little sister comes back to, like, save the day. Oh, does she? Well, in, in the one scenario, she does. So they're growing up, and Ethan distances himself from Todd, and Todd gets super jealous about it, and decides that the best way to um, take out his emotions about the situation is to kidnap Bailey. Oh, and try to poison him mm-hmm. in his bedroom. So the whole family knows Bailey's missing, and they're going around asking, where is Bailey, where is Bailey? They ask Todd specifically, where is Bailey? And Todd doesn't know and has trapped Bailey in his room. And 
is like sticking t- like tubes of something smelly in his nose, which I'm guessing just is like different chemicals and stuff I to try and make the dog glue? pass out. Because they talked about glue? it being Maybe. like um, similar to the smell that was when they were like working on toys or something like that. So I was like, oh, so mm. they were like gluing models together. And it's like yeah, or paint or something, yeah. some, some some like industrial sort of unclear, chemical. unclear, 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 but deadly. Yeah, but not, not um, a good sitch. Yeah, <laughs> but the little sister like waits for Todd to become distracted, and then she opens the door for Bailey to get out. And I'm assuming no one ever questions anything about that day because <laughs> Bailey returns. Yeah, well, because so. he gets out a lot, and like uh, yes, he does. Just kind of wanders bit. the neighborhood at will, but he always comes back because yeah, that's just I guess. There were no leash laws. I don't know. <laughs> it was a different but time. More stuff happens. Basically, Ethan just grows up. He has, like, experiences that a kid has. Gets his first girlfriend. Um, Gets lost in the woods and uh, creates oh. a statewide manhunt. You know, as one does as yeah. a kid. Just normal. Just normal, normal kid teenage things. boy things. You know. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I forgot. I totally forgot about that section, actually. That, until that you whole just section it. where they're, like, riding the horse. Because they go to the grandparents' farm during the summertime. Mm-hmm. and that, Yeah, because I think the parents have some marital issues to work through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the mom and Ethan go to the farm for the summer. Because the mom's a teacher, and Ethan's obviously a student. And they, um, they go to the farm, and uh, at one point, the grandparents and the mom go, I guess, on a trip or something. They're, like, out of the house for a few days. And Ethan uh, goes and takes the horse and goes for a little horse ride with uh, Bailey. And then a snake scares mm-hmm. the horse and runs off. And then Ethan and Bailey get lost in the woods. And mm-hmm. this prompts a statewide manhunt for them. Yeah. <laughs> because I guess Ethan just walked off in the wrong direction completely. And Bailey didn't understand that, like, why right he's just like like, well i guess this is where we're going now (laughs) yeah which which is like one of kind of the more frustrating aspects of this book as well is because the dog is the main character right and you constantly like i go with my human (laughs) and you constantly have people for and here's the other thing this was the thing that kind of annoyed me about this book was that the people often just like explain things to the dog so that the Mm -hmm. audience would know what was going on Mm -hmm. like ethan would be like Oh gosh, Bailey, we're really lost now. We're just so lost, Bailey. And it's like <laughs> we already figured that out from the context. We understood. And yeah. now it's just really frustrating because you're sitting there going like, "We're so lost and we know the dog doesn't get it." So it's just very frustrating. Yeah. And also, I like I've I had dogs growing up. I never talked to my dogs in that way. Like I was never like explaining things to them, you know. And people, everyone <laughs> in this that's book. Why, <laughs> maybe that's why Fritz slept in Mark's bed and not yours. <laughs> rude. That was very rude. Um, but yeah, I I just like never had a conversation with my dog in the way that a lot of these people do. Yeah, and I wonder, like. I wonder if the book would have been better if there was less dialogue. Yes. I mean, it's already pretty minimal as it... Well, no, but actually di- it's not. It's, it's not. And the dialogue, there's a lot of dialogue in this book. And the dialogue that exists is kind of like... Especially in the Ellie chapters, Al, like mm-hmm. all of their conversations were so stupid and terrible. And I'm like, why do we have to listen to this? Like, yeah. <laughs> just, write, just write about them wrestling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is dog speak for having sex. Yes. 
or actually wrestling, wrestling in some naked. cases you know it just mm. depends it could be it's hard to tell with dogs yeah but yeah but i mean like they the dog would constantly say stuff like i didn't understand what was happening but here's a word for word description right. of their conversation which okay like, how do you remember <laughs> that dog like <laughs> i guess we have to make some concessions for this being like an accessible book but right because it, like... it would really just be like a list of smells honestly if this was like mm. actually from a dog's <laughs> perspective delicious delicious garbage delicious cat 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 cat, cat. dog butt <laughs> female dog urine <laughs> these are all bailey's obsessions <laughs> so Todd, the serial killer, um, Ethan, yeah, so they go to the farm, Ethan gets lost, they have some other better times on the farm. Oh, the important part about the farm sections is that Bailey learns how to save Ethan from drowning, Mm. um, because he thinks that Ethan, like, Ethan jumps into the pond that's on the farm, and Bailey's like, oh shit, my human's drowning, and jumps (laughs) in after him and pulls him up to the surface, and apparently... Ethan was just going for a swim and was like, oh, Bailey, silly dog, can't believe you saved me. And then, I don't know. And and so, Bailey, that's Bailey's memory from that life is how to save a human. This is also, the farm is also where we're introduced to Hannah, who will become important later on. And Hannah is the girl down the street who uh, becomes Ethan's first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And assumably only girlfriend. Yeah, I think. Oh, no, no, no. no he no, does the, mention the women. girl in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah so he's had two girlfriends. At least, yes. <laughs> Let me think. What happens? Arson. Next? So, oh, so, so he, whenever they, after the, um, after he, after the statewide manhunt, um, Ethan, I guess, is forbidden from ever going to the farm again by their dad, by his dad, excuse me, because I guess embarrassment or just, punishment well I don't it seems know. like the parents kind of, well especially the dad kind of has a very weird punishment system because like mm-hmm. they definitely neutered bailey because of that time that he was kidnapped and they thought he ran oh, away right they're like oh right. we're gonna neuter him that'll show him like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's a weird system of retribution here so i just think the dad is not very good at parenting either people or dogs yeah, I think it's probably for the best that they ended up separating yeah. at the end there. Um, or at the end of the section, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. So Ethan is no longer allowed to go to the farm. And so he spends a lot more time at home. And his animosity, he's hes in, he's like a senior in high school mm-hmm. at this point. His animosity towards Todd grows so much that Todd commits arson as one does as one does this is a natural procession of things is you have a fight with a boy in the neighborhood you light his fucking house on fire and like destroy his leg somehow or i couldn't tell if the leg was damaged by the fire or by todd okay so first off the fire thing wasn't just that he didn't like um ethan it was that he liked Hannah when he showed she showed up the one time. Oh yeah, that too. And he couldn't. So we had we had bear. that fun trope of boy yeah. being driven to violence by girls' actions. So that's always a fun, delightful thing. How too. topical! How great! But mm-hmm. you know, put a put a pin in that. <laughs> um, Ethan, eat the house is on fire. Ethan got trapped in the bedroom, and they told him to jump out the window. So I think he broke his leg 
jumping out the window because they said they had to put a pin in it so that to me means broken leg Uh, um okay so i'm pretty sure See, i was thinking that's why he couldn't get out of the house because it took ethan a long time to yeah i don't think because yeah but i think that was just because he like he he put gas in like multiple places so it went Mm -hmm. up really fast so I think he was just trapped in his room. And then he okay. couldn't get the window open was the other oh. thing. Well, yeah, and that was – and I was like, did Todd, like, glue it shut? Like, I don't know. Like, Todd was – Todd was ready to kill someone that day, which <laughs> is very distressing to me. The only reason he didn't get away with it is because Bailey, the dog, um, was out on an evening stroll in the neighborhood and sees Todd with the last of the gasoline and lights the match – and so Bailey just like attacks the shit out of Todd and destroys his leg and the Todd limps home and leaves a blood trail and the police are able to follow the blood trail and he confesses immediately to what he did. So very stupid boy. <laughs> Which also then after this happens, everyone in the neighborhood is like, oh, that Todd, he always was a strange one. He used to peep on the neighbors and he was throwing yes. eggs at the preschoolers. And I'm like, why did no one do anything about Todd? Like, yes. He was... And another dog went missing in the oh, neighborhood yeah, he suspiciously def- he and Bailey dog. could smell the dog on Todd. Yeah. He killed another dog. That one at least, like, only Bailey knew about that, so it's not like the police Mm -hmm. could have. But, like, Ethan knew about the egg thing, and the neighbors knew about, like, his weird peeping on people thing. Peeping in the windows at naked women. It's like someone should have, and also his family life is clearly messed up. And what was it? He, like, pushed a preschooler, and they went over, and the parents took, went over and talked to their, like, Todd's dad about it. And Todd's dad, Mm -hmm. like, started yelling and screaming about it. It's like, this family yeah. is a mess, and someone needs to, like, do something about this. Like, Surely CPS was a thing, then. Right, like, like, this house is full of red flags, like. Yeah, yeah. There were, I think, yeah, there were a lot of adult, adults there that I think that failed Todd along the yes. way, but also, like, you don't need to light someone's house on fire. Yeah, it was, it was an extreme reaction <laughs> to the situation, and. He, yeah, he definitely tried to kill three people yeah. and a dog in one night. So, Todd um, ends up going to jail, I guess, but Ethan... I also just like how Todd kind of becomes not really Ethan's arch nemesis, but, like, Bailey's arch nemesis. Like, (laughs) Bailey keeps, like... Like, there's other stuff that happens with Todd throughout this, and, like, Bailey kind of keeps, like, circumventing his plots. So I'm just, like, Mm -hmm. picturing Todd at home, like, shaking his fists, like, I wouldn't... (laughs) I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for that pesky dog, like... He's got, like, a dartboard yes, on the like wall Bailey's with Bailey's picture. picture. <laughs> it's like if um, oh, the Joker God. was, like, in an intense feud with Robin. Like, essentially. Yes. the situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn that dog. No. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, Todd basically changes the entire trajectory of ethan's life because before then ethan was on track to like go to uh, one of the michigan or michigan state for on a football scholarship and stuff but he could never play sports again so ethan's kind of like all morose and stuff except um, the way that he phrased it was i can never participate in sports again and i was like yeah there's that dialogue being terrible like oh yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) but and then also like there I don't know. Like you can you can find some hobbies, Ethan. Right. Like football isn't the only sport. Thing. I mean, it was the '60s. It was a different time. That's true. You were Maybe a sports boy, so. or you were a nerd. 
<laughs> or Todd. Or Todd. Yeah, no one wants to be a Todd. <laughs> you tried to kill people. Uh, so maybe not the good old days after all. <laughs> be careful with sportslessness, for there lies the path of the Todd. <laughs> You're just one dropped catch away from a Todd at any moment. Quickly, quickly, drink this Gatorade. (laughs) More electrolytes, less serial killer tendencies. Lest you become a Todd. Oh, Oh, God. Mm. So then what happens? Let's see. Um, Nothing. I mean, it's it, yeah, like it's just so hard to describe these. The rest of the Bailey chapter is Bailey gets old and then dies. Like, that's it. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And, and Ethan makes it home just in, from college just in time to see his dog die. And so Bailey is like, this is my purpose is to find a human and love them. And I did it and I'm good. And now I can be dead forever. I am a good dog. I'm a good dog. Surely. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Surely my time on this planet will be over and the, please and the amazon kindle's like oh no 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 bailey no, you're no. only at 50 <laughs> percent yeah this part of this the section of the book was huge it was a long section so i was kind of under the impression and this is mostly off of watching the movie trailer once yes. against my will while i went to go see another movie at the theaters that this dog was reborn like a shit ton yes. of times i thought it was gonna be like dog dog new dog new dog new dog like yes but it was yeah not that which i mean like good we didn't have to live through a hundred dog deaths but <laughs> true that i did not want to um experience that in least bit it was a it was a weird amount like i feel like this book could have been longer with more dogs mm. and yes. it would have been like because like there's that possible gap between do- uh toby and bailey and then there's mm-hmm. this because this stuff is all taking place in, like, 60s, 70s, which we know because they mm-hmm. talk about landing on the moon. Yes. And then the next one takes place right before Y2K. So it's, like, there's a few decades there you could fit some more dogs in. And also, mm-hmm. it's you've got the whole situation with Senora, which I don't know where exactly that takes place, but probably supposed to be in the South-ish, either, mm-hmm. like, one of the southern states like the southwest or, or something. in Mexico or something like that. Um because they mm-hmm. talk about it being like dry and dusty and there's a bunch of people who speak Spanish. So presumably mm-hmm. it's somewhere in the Southwest. Um, and then there's this one, which takes place in Michigan and the next one, which is in California. And then the next one, which is like back in Michigan. And I'm like, why is this dog just being reborn in the U S? <laughs> yeah. Like I wish there were a little, there was a little bit more diversity in the setting yeah. for these dogs lives and, also, like, it wouldn't have to be a full blown out section. Right. You could say, and then I spent a few years as this type of dog doing this type of thing right. in a place that was like a rice paddy. I don't know. Like, you know, just like. <laughs> <laughs> or like what we thought was going to happen with this dog, where it's like you get born in a puppy mill and then die in an alcoholic's car immediately after, you know? like Yeah, but I would have hated reading that. <laughs> that also sounds horrendous, yep. though. <laughs> Yeah, I just, like, th- that was the thing I hated most about this book is how, like, relentlessly mean it was to this poor dog. Like, where is the idyllic life that... Well, I think most of most of the Bailey <laughs> life was Bailey's pretty chill, life. like... I guess. mine. If you take away Todd and the manhunt and, like, the trauma of the dog of Bailey being separated from Ethan for the first time right. and having to, like, 
sit there and read through Bailey's entire death scene of like being put down was and waiting for his master to come. Oh my God. It was too much. It was too much. <laughs> so third life, Ellie dog is reborn as a female dog this time. Ellie is a German shepherd who is, I, I guess it's, we can assume just a breeder. I think. Um, yeah. Had a pretty good start in life. She, is like really sad sack. Is this is this Ellie or is it is it Bear that is just like too sad sack to do? I think that's Bear. Yeah, it's Bear because the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So yeah. no, she's she's like really good because Jacob that's comes right. that's to right. check out the dogs and he's like doing little tests with the dogs and he's like this dog is the smartest dog. I'll take this dog. Yes, because dog main character dog narrator dog. I don't know what to call dog when they're like in this weird state between names. Yeah. But, um, soon to be Ellie dog, um, is able to understand the tricks that Jacob wants her to do and does them as like a month old puppy. And then like, wow, what a genius dog. We'll take, dog. Her. I'll take her. Yes. And this was my absolute favorite part of the book. I wanted yes. the whole book to this be about thing. this dog. Yes. I didn't want any, other, I didn't want any more Bailey and Ethan shit. I just wanted Ellie the canine search and rescue dog, like, yes. so good. And so both good. of her owners, like, Jacob and Maya were both great, both delightful, mm-hmm. like, had actual shit going on that I cared about and wasn't like, oh, I yes. broke my leg and I can't be a sports boy anymore, which, like, I'm sure that's a lot if you're 18, but, like, you know, like, these... I'm not I'm 18, not. I'm not so an 18-year-old sports shit. boy, so I don't care. Like... <laughs> um, Pretty I, much. Uh, to be fair, I'm not a grieving 30-something who's working in the canine unit and kind of has a death wish. Like I'm not that either, but like that was way, but it was more compelling way cooler than the sports boy shit. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Ellie is a German shepherd who is trained by Jacob from basically puppy birth to be a search and rescue dog. Um, and so we get a lot of time spent on Ellie working on how to, find smell or track smells find people and then report that back to their handler that they found a person so she um spends her first year or so with jacob culminating in like this uh, pursuit of a serial pedophile kidnapper pedophile who took a young girl from a mall and um Ellie is able to track the girl from a a moving vehicle like she's in the car tracking this girl scent on the wind because they got away in a car and they find the guy corner him and the guy shoots jacob and puts jacob out of commission basically right. from being a police officer so jacob has to um, give which ellie up i thought jacob died i, I did like, too no. i did too because, i was like, so upset no one did. that's the thing because there were so many instances where people were explaining things to the dog and then they didn't explain mm-hmm. what happened to jacob to the dog and i was like someone needs mm-hmm. to tell the dog i know the dog's not gonna get it but i need to know <laughs> But like I know. Every other instance, I was like, this is unnecessary. Why did you not do it in the one time we needed it? Do that. Yeah, do that cheaty author thing where they just happen to be talking right. about Jacob being in the but hospital. I guess, I guess it was like, oh, increase the suspense because eventually we do see Jacob again. And we're like, oh, Jacob's alive. Yeah. Jacob's alive, but he doesn't want the dog. Okay. Well, he can't, he can't have the dog because he can't. He can't love. He can't work. Well, he can't love, which was sad. Because his wife died young. He also can't work with the dog anymore and he's like ellie needs yes. to work ellie likes working like you need to like she needs to be doing her job yes so maya steps in to become certified as a search and rescue 
team with Ellie. Um, I'm not quite sure how that process works. But she, I guess, um, her struggle was that she was not an athletic person. She was overweight. And she had to work really hard to be able to keep up with Ellie because you have to be very fit to, like, run after the dog and and be very quick and on your feet and stuff to work with an animal um, in search and rescue situations. And so there was a lot of struggle where... She really loved Ellie, and she was a really good dog owner. I just loved her so <laughs> I know, much. She was great. Because <laughs> she, had, yes. and she, had, she like obviously loved animals because she had three cats, and like mm-hmm. there were other cats kind of in this book. Like other families had cats too, but like I don't know. She like seemed to actually care about her cats, and she mm-hmm. was just like like she was just so great. She lo- and that's the thing. There's like a lot that you got about her personality that wasn't stated. It wasn't like mm-hmm. oh you know, she's having this struggle or that struggle. It was kind of like all in the wings. And it was, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think this is the the life that um, Ellie understood the least, mm-hmm. I guess, was what Maya was going through with, like, because Maya, or, sorry, excuse me, Ellie being a young dog is like, why can't Maya keep up with me? Why is she running until she's, like, throwing up? Why is she, why are all these things happening? I just want to find people. She really takes to this job um, as, as a search and rescue dog as a way to get over leaving Ethan and having to be separated from her boy, his boy, dog's boy. I don't know what pronouns we use there. No. Um, <laughs> so she's like, she becomes a bit of a workaholic. Let's be real. She needs to work on that work-life balance. Yes. <laughs> um, so eventually Maya does... Um, get into shape enough to become certified and they do a lot of search and rescues together and one of the search and rescues they do is they go down to I think it was El Salvador after an earthquake and they're going through the town trying Mm -hmm. to find either survivors or dead bodies um and Ellie smells a survivor in a building that is closed off due to a chemical contamination of some sort I don't know if it was like a a nuclear power plant building or something or I don't know what it I think it was just like chemical contamination yeah yeah so basically what happens is Ellie goes in and finds this survivor that no one even knew was there but ruins her nose and she tries to this this whole part like she tries to get her handlers to go Mm -hmm. help this survivor but there's a dead body Mm -hmm. there so they think she's signaling for the dead body Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, there's another person in there. We have to, like, f- I found them. You have to come get yes. them. And it was so oh. sad. Like, and then she it goes in and she saves them. And I was just like, oh, my God, Ellie, you're the I best know. dog. And, but then she could never work again. She never work again. She's ruined her nose. And shit messed up with her nose. Yeah, she never healed properly from that. But she doesn't realize it. She's like, it just became like we'll, the um, the person they used to practice um, or to teach dogs how to find people his name was uh, Wally or something yeah because it's like find Wally which was kind of like find where's Waldo (laughs) she's like and then from that day on it's just it was really hard for me to find Wally like he just got really good at this hiding game and whatever I'm a happy dog um and she got to go live with Maya full-time and lived a happy life with Maya and then died of old age and well and then they um have oh yeah yeah so they have the Maya starts taking her out to um so we've seen Jacob once already because he was mm-hmm. like Maya took Ellie to visit Jacob when she was still training and she was like, I don't think I can do it. And Jacob's like, you have to do it for Ellie. Come on, Maya. 
Um, so mm-hmm. there was like that whole scene. But then after Ellie's injury, Maya starts taking her as part of the like community outreach program to like give talks at schools and stuff so that she can still like have a job and work. So they go to this one school. Well, I can't remember which one's first, but at one point they see Jacob and Jacob mm-hmm. is now married to a little girl to not to a little no girl. no <laughs> and has a little girl who is in the class um so the teacher's like all oh Alyssa wouldn't even be alive today if it wasn't for Ellie because mm-hmm. Jacob is her father and Jacob would have died if not for you know Ellie during that whole pedophile thing um mm-hmm. but then in an additional incident a little boy goes missing while they're giving a talk mm-hmm. and Ellie goes to save him well, Ellie, they're like, can you, can you? She finds yeah, him Yeah, Ellie first, finds him, is... and he's in a sewer. Mm-hmm. And she jumps down to save him. And because she learned the whole saving people thing back in the mm-hmm. Ethan life, when you save people from drowning, she can save this little boy. Yeah, Which, to so me, that got... seems like that's the, the purpose. Like, we got yeah. to the purpose. We're done. <laughs> we don't need to. The end of book. We don't that, need... to me, is where the book ended. <laughs> that was it. We're good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she, she, Ellie internalizes this message of loving people and saving them, um, either from themselves or other people or whoever, but we, I just need to save people. And um, she also internalizes the message that everybody needs to be in a relationship because of Jacob. Yeah. She's like, that's what we need. That's what fixed yeah. Jacob. Got it. Gonna save that away. Yep, yep. Uh, totally stereotypical marriage with you know two kids and everything. That's the only thing. Because yeah. Maya was a Ma- lot happier too. Yes, Maya marries her dud of a boyfriend Al. Yep. So yeah, that that part was a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't care for that part message too much. But um, Ellie, you you were enough for Maya. She right. could have been so happy just loving you for the rest of mm-hmm. your life. She could have gotten without Al. And Jacob did, whatever. did not need a new wife. He needed a therapist. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and maybe just some distance and time away from From his dead cancer wife, that, which like yeah. another fun trope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see that I guess that is that is a, an an aspect of this book that's very bothersome is everything apart from like the dog parts. Everything yes. that happens to humans was so stereotypical. Yes. Like you knew it was coming from miles away. Like, Which, we like, knew I mean, Ethan and Hannah were going to break up because Ethan was going to be all surly because of this mm-hmm. leg thing. And we knew, like, things weren't going to end well with Todd. And we knew, like, I don't know. Which I guess, the, I mean, like, the thing that makes it fresh is that it's all from a dog's perspective. But then it's like, mm-hmm. there is times when that kind of isn't enough to carry it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it's very similar to reading a book from a child's mm-hmm. perspective, which is something I very much do not care for. Um, as evidenced by our episode on <laughs> Little, Little House, Little House in, the in the Fairy Woods. Uh, oh, yeah, let's, we didn't even read. <laughs> Got the title wrong. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, it just, yeah, the shtick kind of, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> after after 300-something pages of it, I'm just like. It's like, all right, well, that's enough yeah. of that. <laughs> so, Ellie died and the book ended and everything was great. <laughs> Except... We're still like at seventy percent, right? Of, like there's thirty percent of the. To book To be left. fair, ten percent of the book was also just previews for other 
books by the same author because there were like three of them and i was like okay that's excessive uh that's too much like we get it it's gonna be a book from a dog's right we we got except yeah like you don't need to we just read the book we don't need to preview (laughs) three other books by you that's really pushing it there you're getting really pushing it with the upselling like (laughs) i read the one i'm get it i'm good (laughs) i have no need to further delve into this world so Dog is reborn again, again to a breeder, um, some kind of, I think a black lab, Mm -hmm. and is, again, checking off on horrible things that can happen to a dog, adopted by someone who doesn't want the dog to be given as a gift to someone who can't possibly raise a dog. Um, The dog is named Bear. Bear, Bear is adopted by a man who doesn't love his girlfriend as a way to, like, I don't know, have sex with her. And the girl doesn't, has to keep the dog in secret because I she's not allowed I assumed that he was, like, a rich, fancy man type and she was his mistress was the situation. He was, like, a used car salesman. Was he? Because he was, like, come see me anytime yeah. you need a luxury car. So I thought he was, oh. like, a rich, fancy man who, like own some shit and the way he was talking he's like Maybe. i he could do totally this sleazy. and this and this and i could get this and like he was like dealing Very real fast you know yeah. that makes more sense i thought he was like a used car salesman so <laughs> well and the fact that like <laughs> it's this woman that he's buying a dog for but he doesn't live with her like i was like or love her or love her yeah i was like this is yeah. like a mistress situation was the vibe i yeah. got yeah because and I think we forgot to mention Bailey or dog has a superpower where they can tell every emotion that a oh, yeah. is feeling at any given time. Yeah. Every single He's one. like, I didn't smell any love between them. And I'm like, is that, does that, it, what does that smell like? What, what does my love smell like? <laughs> Cheetos. <laughs> mm, I do love Cheetos. Delicious. <laughs> Cheetos, that's what your love smells like. No, mm. don't do that. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so the dog is cooped up in the house and not treated well and, um, can only be snuck out at night to go pee and And she is not a good dog owner in other ways in that she, like, does not feed him on time always and doesn't leave water out for him. Mm -hmm. She's not good at it. No. So she gets an eviction notice, um, and decides to give her dog to... Her mother. She goes bare to her mother and her mother's abusive boyfriend. Mm. Which I'm sure you can imagine ends really well. They chain the dog up outside. Don't, again, leave it outside in all kinds of weather. Don't give the dog water. And it's like Barely on a short chain. feed the chain. dog anything nutrition. Yeah. anything. He doesn't eat anything nutritious and he has a very short chain. Um, and thankfully they have a neighbor who lives next door that like slips meat to bear through the fence and eventually calls... The police for animal abuse. The police come and look at the situation that Bear is in and are like, you need to get a longer chain, and they find them $50. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's doesn't seem right, but okay, sure. Like, I mean, that's, that's usually the case with, like, animal neglect when it's, like, negle- mm-hmm. neglect instead of abuse. If there's not, like... That's it's sad. It's a pretty high bar to have your animals taken away unless you're, like, an Ugh. animal hoarder or, like you're physically abusing the animal and there's signs of that. That's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. I, I hate people. Like, why? Dogs just want to love you. Why do you have to hurt them? It's a dog's purpose. It's a dog's purpose. <laughs> so, 
Bear doesn't understand anything of what's happening to him. And he just thinks, like, this is my new life now. I just got to deal with it. And um, so the abusive boyfriend's like, I'm not paying $50. I'm just going to kill the dog. And takes the dog, puts the dog in the trunk of his car with a gun, drives out into the woods, but seems to have, like, at the last minute, a change of heart. And instead of shooting the dog, just dumps the dog. Bye, dog. Yeah. Good luck. Dumps the dog in the woods and drives away. And poor dog, poor bear, tries to follow. Because they're like, I can't believe a human would just, like, leave me here. And surely it is my job to be with that human, so I have to follow this human. (sighs) So sad. Because I'm (laughs) such a dick. Why? Why, bear? Why? But, like, would you rather that he did stay with I, I don't know like I'm like no nah. yeah I know I definitely didn't want them to stay right together. like I'm like something needs to happen here and I guess dumping him in the woods is as good as anything else yeah <laughs> so he gets dumped in the woods and he uses the lessons he learned in his very first life from his very first mother about how to scavenge and sneak around and stay away from humans and lo and behold dog actually ends up in the same town that Ethan's grandparents farm is near so which you know um, quite a coincidence but yeah super coincidence considering this dog has gotten (laughs) reincarnated in several different places to have one repeated in such close Mm -hmm. proximity Mm -hmm. to another life suspicious very suspicious I don't know if god dog was playing a role in that or not (laughs) but so blah 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 he smells Hannah but it's not Hannah, it's Hannah's daughter. But he's like, oh, if Hannah's around, Ethan must be around. So it becomes his Which mission to find a Ethan. a wild leap of logic for this dog. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't know. I guess he's used to the smell of them together. Yeah. Of them wrestling together. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> he knows what their love smells like. Yeah. <laughs> mm, Bailey, Bailey got a lot of, of their love smells, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They they really yeah they really didn't try to like you know go to another room or anything no just like he's a big dog like golden retrievers are big yeah I don't know yeah anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> um do you ask your dog to leave the room when you're naked wrestling let us know <laughs> weigh in in the comments tweet below. at us. <laughs> so it becomes um bear's mission to be reunited with ethan and eventually he is because he finds his way to the farm but somehow ethan just doesn't recognize uh, the dog as bailey i can't imagine why because it's it's completely completely fucking different different dog dog. and no one has ever heard of dog reincarnation (laughs) this is not an accepted thing (laughs) the dog is terribly confused Refuses to go away. Um, Ethan takes dog to the pound. Dog is about to get adopted by another family. Ethan has a miraculous change of heart. Decides to adopt dog for himself. Names the dog Buddy. Buddy helps Ethan get together with Hannah. They're like a stupid dog, stupid plan. Stupid, that's stupid dog work. prank. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <And> got him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was very, like, he goes to the 90s rom-com. dog park where Carly and Carly's owner, who is Hannah's daughter, are at. 
and yes. follows them home, which lo and behold, Hannah happens to be there. And yep. Hannah like checks How convenient. Hannah like checks the tags and is like, Ethan, oh my goodness. Ethan Montgomery, my, my first, first boyfriend. boyfriend. And then they get back together when she returns yes. the dog. Yes, yeah. So so Ethan is like, Hey Hannah, wanna go to dinner? Hannah's like, oh, I'd love to. The love story they, of a century. Yeah, literally, because I think they're very old at this uh, point. Well, if we go by, we know that the donkey died, and the donkey was 44 years old when it died, mm-hmm. and they just gotten the donkey when Ethan was living at the farm, and Ethan was around 18 at that point. They're in their 60s. Okay, not as old as I was imagining yeah. then. But, so, Bailey, now Buddy, lives donkey out math. the rest of... Ethan's life with Ethan. Ethan just like up and dies one day. Yeah, he has like a, a stroke, I think. Because it yeah, says like he can like, smell his brain breaking or something like that. Yeah, something in his skull snapped. Yeah. But he's like, he goes to his room, lays in his bed, and lives on for like several hours, yeah. drifting in and out of consciousness. Um, sees buddy kind of hovering over him but recognizes him as bailey except not really he just had a stroke he probably just is mixing up he his just, memories like yes uh, yeah uh. see and i thought it was gonna be okay i was like oh he's just gonna have alzheimer's like that's all that that was it's just like <laughs> but no he dies in bed and bailey bailey now buddy is the only one there to witness it hannah had like just stepped out of the house um, so he dies alone with his dog. But That's he, he has a happy life because he got married to Hannah and got to have a bunch of surrogate kids because Hannah has a bunch of oh, kids. So, yay. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was he was alone until right, then. Right, because that's he was, he what was we learned from our last life, that what we must do to make people happy is put them into heterosexual relationships with children, and then they will mm-hmm. be happy. So that's what Bailey slash Buddy slash Bear does for Ethan so that – Ethan will be happy because that is the only way. There is no family but the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. Mm. The end. So the A end was purpose. stupid as shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was like really kind of annoyed. Like I was fine with it as I was reading it, but afterwards I was like, mm-hmm. why? Why? Like why is Ethan the... Essentially, the reason Ethan's the most important one is because Ethan had him when Ethan was a kid, so Ethan had no responsibilities or, like, mm-hmm. need to do anything outside of care about a fucking dog, which, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. I love dogs, but it's, like, oh, like, the other ones, like, Senora even, like, Senora, like, cared for these dogs, wanted them to have a good life, mm-hmm. you know, Ellie, or, um, Maya, like, Maya. loves Ellie, even Al, yeah. like, loves Ellie, um, Al is Maya's boyfriend slash husband, and then, like, Jacob, mm-hmm. like, is like dedicated not not necessarily like affectionate but he's dedicated to ellie you know so it's like there's all Mm -hmm. of these other owners who to me were better owners than ethan because like ethan essentially like needs a babysitter 90 percent of the time most of the like if we're looking at this as like a relationship not like a romantic relationship Uh but like every other owner except maybe senora like but even her like the dog and the person work together to make both of their lives better. Ethan yeah. is just like a little fucking kid who doesn't know what he's doing and needs to be rescued all the time. It's like, and like almost killed Bailey. Right. At some I'm point. like, I'm like, listen, dog, <laughs> you deserve better than this. Yeah. <laughs> he's, 
it's like your friend who's in a relationship with like a man child who constantly needs them to do everything. And they're like, but he needs mm-hmm. me. I don't want to leave him. I'm like, hmm. you need to just get out, get, get out, out find someone who you can be or be alone. But you know, this book wouldn't allow for that. Yeah. That would be a very sad book as well. <laughs> the dog with no owner. <laughs> no, the dog with no, no. Purpose. think about if it ended with the dog returning to like nature and like, Joining a wolf pack or some shit. Like, that'd be hardcore. <laughs> and killing humans. <laughs> killing humans. And finding Todd <laughs> and taking his revenge. <laughs> Todd, Todd just released from jail. He's like looking at the need. empty parking lot. That's, There's no one there to pick Todd up. That's the, the sun we is need setting. Where the dog gets reincarnated <laughs> as a wolf. And hunts down Todd. Dog bounds out of the woods that's surrounding the prison and just takes down Todd and tears his throat out. I learned when I was Ellie how to find people. Well, I found you now, Todd. (laughs) Action movie version of a dog's purpose. (laughs) So good. But... But then, sadly, like, the dog finds that the revenge leaves them feeling empty no. and sad inside. No, get that weak so- shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well. So, like, there were parts about this book that I loved. Everything with like Ellie. the Ellie section. Everything with Ellie. I want a book about Ellie and only Ellie. I want to go and read books about canine units now. I want to go and read books about canine units now. And... Everything else was kind of dumb. I, here's, here's what I liked. I liked um, the first section, even though it was sad, because I like sad shit. So I was like, mm, I hated I that. was into I, it. That, and I liked the Ellie I was section. about to, like, just tear you a new one if that was how the whole book was. I was like, Emily, I just I can't, I'm not can't even it. associate I'm, ever again. <laughs> um, and I liked the first Ethan section because like if it wasn't for the second Ethan section the first Ethan section would have just been like a building block to everything else mm-hmm. but because it mm-hmm. turned back to Ethan and it's like I have to be with my boy like boo nah. not a fan yeah not a fan yeah see I don't really care for coming of age stories too mm. much so but the Ethan part to me was just very dull. I mean like it wasn't my favorite like obviously the Ellie section was the best section but mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. I can do a little bit of that like it wasn't that's the thing because it was only a section you know. Yeah, I guess that's And also, true. I will say the Todd psychopath stuff did make it spicy. <laughs> it was just so dark. Like, usually when you get <laughs> a coming of age story, of you don't book. have a neighborhood psychopath who's lighting things on fire. Like, that was a nice, a nice addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's just like, a, you know, Desperate Housewives. There's always <laughs> something going on behind closed doors. You just... <laughs> never know. You never know who's the Todd. You never know what your neighbors are doing. Yeah. Um, and I also thought this book had a pretty, like, the, the sense of humor of the dog's narration, just like, yeah, like he, I don't know, just like dog's whole relationship with cats and mm-hmm. all, just like the way that he would assert in the story about how cats were dumb and worse than dogs. And <laughs> But he was friends with <clears throat> the one cat, Tinkerbell. I wondered briefly if cats also came back after death, then dismissed the thought, because as far as I had ever been able to tell... Cats do not have a purpose. <laughs> Just like, yes. Dogs rule and cats drool. <laughs> Which I guess we've kind of been talking about silver linings. You know, the Ellie section was... Yeah. Um, did you have a person or dog or cat or horse or um, 
donkey that you related to in this book? <laughs> um, I think, like, to give a serious answer, probably, probably Maya mm. was the person I related to most, just because she just wanted, she was just like a, a I don't know, a happy person who just wanted yeah. to, to, to do her best live her best life and work hard and she and loved her animals she just seemed yeah and she just seemed so optimistic mm-hmm. and wonderful but like I she wasn't Maya. she wasn't like unrealistically optimistic because she did like she like broke down That's about true. the stuff with um ellie like she cried about it multiple times you mm-hmm. know like while she was like running with ellie like and she couldn't keep up she'd start crying like yeah um you know so like yeah i liked that but that didn't make her like she wasn't like broken by it the way Jacob was. Yeah. It made her stronger. Yeah. And she pushed through. I really liked yeah. her. She was cool. I wish she had more time. I liked her a lot. And I wish, like, I don't know, her stuff with Al was a little Yeah, bit. Al was a dud. Like, Al, yeah. Al was mm-hmm. a dud. I didn't care for Al. She deserved better. Yeah. For me, it was, like, super obvious when this event mm. happened. I was like, oh, this is me. Um, Smokey <laughs> the Cat. Who. <laughs> <laughs> during Bailey's lifetime, um, Bailey gets is supposed to be in the garage slash out in the yard while everyone's out of the house. But he gets into the house and eats <laughs> Smokey's food. And then Smokey, in an act of just perfect revenge, knocks down a bunch of stuff like food and like clothes and things like that so that Bailey can get to it. And Bailey's like, huh, this cat's not so bad after all. It's really helping mm-hmm. me out. And then of course everybody comes back and sees all of this house destroyed. And it's like, Bailey, you bad dog. And he's like, but Smokey. <laughs> like, it was Smokey's Smokey did fault. It. And Smokey's just like living her best life. <laughs> yeah, like that cartoon cat that sits in the corner is like, yes, <laughs> like exactly. giggling. <laughs> so like, I really um, related to Smokey's mm. single-minded need for vengeance and yes, ability hatred to of this puppy <laughs> interact or to uh, accomplish Smokey's goals. <laughs> now, speaking of Smokey, because Smokey does die of old age. Mm. Um, in that section. How many animals did die okay. in this Okay, I realized going through that I didn't actually keep track of them, so let's count them now. So we've got <laughs> so we've got Hungry. We've got the four dogs that get gassed to death, so that's five. Yes. Then we have, um, I think Smokey's the Smokey. next one. So Marshmallow, oh, Marshmallow and Smokey, I six, think. Six, seven. Marshmallow is the dog that um, Todd, Todd does successfully kill. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So Marshmallow and Smokey, seven. And then... No one else dies until the end of Bailey's life. Mm-hmm. So Which is eight, Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. During Ellie, we're not going to count the dead people because that's a different issue. That's too many bodies. <laughs> too many bodies because of that whole search and rescue thing. Mm-hmm. And not Jacob's dead wife. Right, right. That was before the She did not book, die on so. page. She was off screen um, So I think the only ones who die in that are the two cats. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, Maya's two I cats. Think, well, does... Does one of the police dogs die? No. Like Cammy or Gypsy? No, one of them's getting old oh, and I they're worried one. about his nose going. Oh, okay, But he's okay, not okay. dead yet. Um, okay, so that's 10. 11, isn't it? No. Two cats. Two cats. So it's 10. ten. Well, and then 11 for... Uh, 11 Ellie. is Ellie. And then... Yes. In this last section, the donkey's oh. dead. So that's 12. Jasper. Um... And I mean, the horse is technically dead, but they never talk about the horse dying. 
Yeah. So I'm not going to count that one. Nah. Um, we don't care about the horse. Yep. The horse was dumb. We don't really care about Jasper either, but they do talk about how Jasper died recently. So Yeah, and Jasper's death is what leads him to Ethan. Yeah. So that's... Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that, but, like, so Bear finds the vet where he used to go as Bailey when they were on the farm, mm. and he smells Jasper, and he uses his finding skills that he learned from being L.A. to track yes. Jasper's scent back to the farm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. it, because Bear slash... And then Ethan. And then Ethan, <laughs> but he's also a person, so he doesn't matter. Yeah. So, I mean, 12, that's a pretty, yeah. that's a pretty, pretty high death count. To high death count things. of animals. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I thought the whole idea was interesting of just having this, like, kind of flipping the usual boy and his dog grow up and then the dog dies and the boy is sad to being, mm. like, boy and his dog grow up and then the boy dies and the dog is sad. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't, this is true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was certainly not like a, any books I have yeah. read or would have chosen for myself yeah, either. Yeah. So that's another kind of bonus is like, oh, I guess Expanded I did find your a book. Yeah, I will never read another one. No, but I, I, did, I might. I did slightly reach out of my comfort zone I for this. I might read the sequel to this if I have time. And I might read the other one by him about the uh, first domesticated dog that saves humanity, which just because that seems like a what? ridiculous premise. Uh, <laughs> what is that even? It was one of the the previews that we got. The first one, the Dog Master. Oh, I didn't read yeah. any of those previews. And if you go to the very end of the book, they tell you all of his books. And so, the Dog Master. Thirty thousand years ago, humanity stood on the brink of extinction. In this sweeping epic, Cameron tells the story of the very first dog in the history of the world and how her presence oh literally saved mankind. So, like that mm. seems ridiculous. So, I kind of want to read it. <laughs> that sounds like a little too much for me i'll pass (laughs) and then so we did silver linings um who we related to rather be oh yeah yeah yeah. which was this was a weird week because like neither of us minded yeah this was fine i was fine reading this yeah so i guess this book i I did come up with two actually that this put me in mind of Uh um not that i well one of them i would rather have read just because i love it so much but um the other one is, so I'll do two this week, so you don't have to do one. Oh, great. <laughs> so two didn't come up with one. Um, so, uh, when do I ever? <laughs> the thing with this book that, you know, like the kind of interconnected stories about a different life, but it's mm, connected, mm-hmm. you know, in some way, put me in mind of two, in my opinion, much better books. But, you know, you could disagree mm. with me. Um, Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. Oh, yeah, I haven't read that. I, I own it, but I have yes. read it. But you so, have like, recommended it before. The whole premise of that one is it's, like, so uh, five stories, I think, where it's it's in, like, a mm. ring structure. So you get the first half of the first story, the first half of the second story, first half, first half, the whole fifth story, and then the second half, second half, second half, second half. So it goes, like, mm-hmm. in and out. And there's, like, connections okay. in between the two, and they move, like, for So it starts, like, in the past, and then it kind of moves – there's through to the present and then the future. Actually, there might be mm-hmm. six stories. I can't remember right now. Um, but anyway, it's like really good. It's a really cool structure. And there's like connections yeah. between the characters. Like it's kind of implied that they're 
like the same mm-hmm. character kind of but then well they're all either tom hanks or halle berry well there's right? that movie yes <laughs> <laughs> um but then the other one that i was thinking of was um all that man is by david Sale. i've not heard of that okay one. so it's like nine stories about um like moving about nine different men across Mm -hmm. Europe um, moving forward in age. So like the first one is like 16 years old. And then the last one is um, like in his late later years. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting because it creates kind of like a portrait of a life, but it's nine different lives. Okay. And it's also great because it's very dark about, like, it, it has a very dark sense of humor about stuff. Um, most mm-hmm. of the characters are kind of terrible, and the narrator doesn't really pull punches with that. And okay. it's just really, like, an interesting kind of portrait of, like, it starts out and you think, like, oh, all that man is, like, and then it kind of ends up being, like, this question of, like, oh, is that all that man is sort of thing. Ooh. Yeah, so okay. it's... But there's still kind of like an optimistic bent at the end. So it's it's an interesting read. And this that just kind of put me in mind, this book kind of put me in mind of those because it's that same sort of idea of having like different plots and different characters that tell kind of like an overarching story. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good ones. Hmm. Well, I was like waiting to finish this book so I could start The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> So that like, that was my raspberry reading. It's totally unrelated. I didn't do a good job of picking a raspberry reading this week. Emily, you're you're much more insightful for, than me. So, I mean, to be fair, there have been times that I've just been like, "Well, this is on my bookshelf, so that's yeah. what I want to read." Well, yeah, because a lot of the times the answer is like literally anything. Else. <laughs> literally, I'm any not going to be picky. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Did we have anything yeah. else we wanted to talk about with this book? Um, not really. I'm glad it didn't. It wasn't as maudlin as yeah, I thought it was yeah. going to be. I thought it was going to be such a preachy book about like you should treat animals better and blah blah blah. And I was going to be like the whole time, but I do. Right, right. So I thought I was going to hate it for that reason. Yeah, because for the most no. part, most of the human characters did tried their best to. Mm-hmm care for their dogs even if it wasn't except for the abusive boyfriend like he was a shithead yeah he sucked victor sucked uh and todd todd is a little and todd was also the worst (laughs) todd and his older brother our next episode is going to be another rewind episode we're going to be doing um a book that i hated well sort of um in my more like middle school years and that mm-hmm. is going to be Midnight for Charlie Bone by Jenny Nimmo. Nimoy. Nimoy. Hmm, which I had never read, so. You are in for a treat. Be, Here's the thing. This will be so fun. I actually quite liked this when it first came out, and I read the next two books. Um, mm-hmm. It was being released right at, like, the cusp of when I was too old for them, though. So, like, by the time I got to the oh. third book, I was like, this book is stupid, and I hate it. That's so fair. I, I'm interested to see if now as an adult I can be like, oh, no, this was a good book for kids or if it was yes. actually stupid and I hate yeah, it. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. I'm excited. Is it like a, like a fantasy, like a magic book or what is the... It is like, okay, so the premise is um, it 
gets compared okay. to Harry Potter a lot, and I wouldn't say that that comparison mm-hmm. is unfair. Um, but the premise is basically there's magic, and this boy goes to a school that's kind of for magic, but also for art. His magic power is that he can travel in and out of pictures. Oh. Which is... That sounds uh, like it would be super awesome, but... It's... I don't know. It depends like on said, how it's done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, check that out <laughs> next fortnight. Mm-hmm. Um, the fortnight after that, we'll be back to our challenge schedule. So Anna will be challenging 19. me. To, huh? <laughs> Which will be episode 19. <laughs> yes, that thank comes you, Anna. after 18. Thank Duh. you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. You realize that I'm not going to be able to put the part where... We talked about 18 in the episode. <laughs> Dang it. So this is not going to make sense to the listeners. <laughs> Guys, M can't count. Can you believe that? She That's does not know untrue. how to count to 18. It's <laughs> untrue. Do you have a fucking challenge or not? I do. I do have a challenge. And it's actually a book that I didn't realize was a book. It is a, it, it has only been to me ever a movie and then a musical. So the book I am challenging you to this fortnight is Legally Blonde by Amanda Brown. No, that's not a book. It is a book. It that's is absolutely not a book. It totally is. I, I, Anna, that's a movie and a musical. That's not a book. It's a book. <laughs> and apparently... Is it like a book that the movie is based yes. on? Or a... Yeah, it's no, not it's the novelization not of... Um... That movie is not based on a book. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm looking here at the book on Goodreads. You're making this up. <laughs> it came out in 2001. I don't know what year the movie what? came out, but it's about Elle Woods. And apparently what? it's different from the movie in all the worst ways. <laughs> what? I can't believe that I wouldn't enjoy this book though because i love legally blonde i do too legally blonde <laughs> is one of my favorite movies i'm not gonna lie it's one of my favorite movies and musicals i, I have not listened to the musical enough i think i oh we're going to have to do that at some point yes i um i'm looking through the reviews right now though and the whole front page of reviews are two stars two stars three stars two stars one star three two two one one, one, three, one. So I think I think it made it to a movie. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like the one person out there who has no idea what we're talking about. I will read the just, book synopsis. I just real quick. I the first review that came up was I love the Legally Blonde movie, and I recently saw the musical, which I also adored. So I was ready to love this book. It turned out to be a disappointed read. <laughs> Wait, was was the book disappointed in you? As the, the book reader? was disappointed in the reader. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so, summary, Goodreads summary of the book. Elle Woods, California University senior, seems to have it all. President of Delta Gamma Sorority, she's aced her major, sociopolitical jewelry design, and is on the verge of becoming Mrs. Warner Huntington III. Too bad Warner, bound for Stanford Law, dumps her with the explanation that he now needs a more serious woman at his side. Faced with this unexpected reversal of fortune, Woods doesn't get depressed. She gets busy. Thanks to a creative application video and a demand for diversity at Stanford Law, Elle is admitted. Soon she's packing up her convertible, as well as her pet chihuahua underdog, which that's not his name. <laughs> that's a stupid that's a stupid chihuahua name. <laughs> and heading north, determined to win back her man. Smart, fast, and funny, legally blonde proves just how much fun blondes really can have.
So I'm going to make a prediction now that the reason that people, because I haven't read any of the other reviews, I'm not going to read any more reviews. Uh-huh. My prediction is that she ends up with Warner in this book. Because <laughs> how terrible would that be, right? That would, that would be, be awful. like a good reason for people to hate this book. I would so that's, definitely That's what I'm guessing is going to happen. Um, <laughs> I did read one of the spoilery reviews because I wanted to because I, I was like I need to know wanted if this to make is, sure I'd hate it yeah because I mean we've both read our share of Trashy Chicklet and loved it like I wanted to make sure that this would be painful and from the things that they've left well the things that the movie added that the book lacks are things that really make the movie I think okay and so without them being there I think this is going to it's be one of those difficult <laughs> it's one of those things the guy that she actually ends up with, Emmett, because I feel like it is. I feel like I'm going to hate this book. My lips are sealed. Oh, my god! Don't read any of the reviews. (laughs) Okay. I think I know what I'm prepared for now, and I'm not a fan. (laughs) So I thought this would be a lot of fun because we do both love Legally Blonde so much, but this might make (laughs) us look at the movie differently or maybe just love it more. I don't know. I hope it's the latter. I, me too. I am so ready to watch the movie, though. <laughs> um, did we have any fan mail? Oh, yes, we did. We did have a fan mail. Let me get to that. So the fan mail starts, it's it's a little bit of an email chain, um, but it starts off with the book suggestion. I don't know. Should I read the book suggestion? Should I tell people about it? Um... How about if you read it and I will edit it out if you, if I decide that I don't want to have it in the episode. <laughs> this email comes from um, our friend Lindsay, who says, you guys should read the And then follow-up email. In all seriousness, I'm fucking loving this podcast and I'm angry that you didn't tell me about it sooner. You know I don't have Twitter. And then, OMG, Anna, you should totally read one of the terrible terrible books that we've recommended to each other on Goodreads, like Hot Single Cowboy Falls in Love with Pregnant Widow Part 3. Why are there so many more <laughs> terrible books than there are good ones? Does this count as fan mail? Uh, <laughs> it absolutely does count as fan mail. Yes. You said a good thing about our podcast. One of the books that Lindsay sent me a link to the other day, and I, I did tell you about this, but I didn't. Obviously, I'm telling retelling for the p- purpose of the podcast is a <laughs> book written by both Bill Clinton and James Patterson, <laughs> which led me to question like, is is there a third unnamed author? There must like, be. who wrote there this must book? Be. I don't believe it was either of them, <laughs> but maybe oh, one man. day we'll get to that. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this fortnight. Mm-hmm. If you guys know what love smells like, please tweet at us. <laughs> hate readcast at nope fuck at, at hate readcast. Um, or if you have any suggestions for us or want to send us pictures of your dog, uh, you can email us gmail or. HateReadCast at gmail.com. And I got through it. I'm going to need a lot of editing, but I got through it. <laughs> and thank you to Ben Cope for our fantastic theme song. In the words of W. Bruce Cameron, I especially didn't appreciate it when, with a flick of her tail, Flair, the horse, dropped a smelly pile of poo on the road, narrowly missing me. I lifted my leg on it, because it now, after all, belonged to me. But I felt fairly certain the horse had meant the thing as an insult. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Right, but that's not... That's episode 18. Right, I know. So that will be the episode... Ap- what? I know I guess what I'm the what numbers are. <laughs> I'm just I'm confused about what you're asking. <laughs> I know how to count to 18. <laughs> I want to are know sure? what episode 18 is. <laughs> Charlie Vogue. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's it. Right, Charlie Bone. Is, Record wait, episode 18, right, Charlie Bone. you said is the next episode is episode 18, and I'm like, yes, I know oh, what sorry. episode sorry. 17 Sorry, in my, in my head, in my head, I was looking at where it said episode 18, parentheses, Charlie Bone. 